How do you know so much about this bird? Well, there were a great many of them in my village. Uh, they weren't in cages, though. They were free. As a little boy, I used to watch them build their nests, giant baskets as tall as men, and inside them, there were many smaller nests where they would raise their families, like a village. And there were many different colors, red, and some were black, and some were yellow. I would watch them for hours, think at how they worked together, helping each other. Never did I see them fight, and I wondered why people could not be more like them, making podcasts together. Hmm. Not bad. Thank you for um, highlighting the errors of the film we are about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I mean, birds make podcasts. We just don't understand. You know what? I actually kind of enjoyed that. Really? No, you're you're 100% correct. They do probably totally make podcasts. That's what they do at the crack of dawn when we're trying to sleep. And they're trying to make yeah, sure that we do don't. Yeah, and we just can't understand them because we can't speak to birds. Right, it's not their fault. Which, yeah, but what are we doing? I just, <sighs> here we are. I just stepped back and looked at that and I'm like, man... Welcome to the Disney desk, everyone. I'm Carter. <laughs> and I'm Sydney. <laughs> and welcome back to another unexpected episode of Carter's Never Seen. Yes. Welcome to February 2023 of the Disney desk. Um, it is a very exciting month for many different reasons. Um, the first being that it is my birthday month. So I will be what? making way too many references to that in every single episode. That That is my intention. You've been warned. But also, it is Black History Month. And which, can I say, well, like, like, you know, what humor is it that a person like me who won't shut up about their own birthday and happens to also be a black woman would be born in the month <laughs> that is all about black people? Like, honestly, this is perfect. This is prime me time to be like, you know, not that I ever needed a reason to be like, excuse me, can we talk about me? But now I have like an excuse, you know? Yes, you call the shots for this month of the podcast, I feel like, and I'm just going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, you've, you've never complained about that before. Again, is this truly any different than any other time of my life? No, but, <laughs> but now I just feel extra justified. I did not think, of, I never thought about that. I... Did a lot of children in elementary school bring that up? Because that feels like the slightly tactless <laughs> thing elementary school children would bring up when they're meeting a black person for the first they time. They bring up many you know? worse things. True. True. Yeah. This is, I, I said to Carter before we started recording this, that like, you know, and I guess eventually we'll tell you what we intend to talk about today, but this episode could nah, just... No, I just want to fuck around this episode. Right. This... <laughs> This episode may just be me, like, listing off every racist thing that happens to me on a regular basis. So anyway, welcome to Black History Month um, on the Disney desk. We wanted to dedicate an episode to Black History Month. Um, and so for Carter's Never Seen, this was very convenient, I introduced him to a Disney Channel original movie by the name of The Color of Friendship. That came out on Disney Channel in the year 2000. Yes, The Color of Friendship. Um, the funny thing is, you have mentioned this to me before. Um, 
Back in our older days of doing podcasting, we went through every single Disney Channel original movie, and you mentioned, oh man, Color Friendship, have you ever heard of that one? And you described it to me, and I thought, <laughs> Sydney is messing with me. There is no way this is real. Yeah, so this is one of my favorite, actually, Disney Channel original movies. I think I loved it so much because um, even though there are many, many Disney Channel original movies, or DCOMs for short, and they couldn't play all of them all the time, this felt particularly scarce of a, of a, you know, a film because they would only play it in the month of February, and they'd play it, like, twice. <laughs> and it would go away forever, and I would think about it all year, and, and then, like, this was, like, the treat of Black History Month getting to see this movie that I, as a little girl, really, really loved. Um, so let's just give like a brief synopsis on what this film is about. Um, in short, this is a film about a, um, a young girl in, I guess they're like, what, like middle school? Like they they're probably look like they're like freshmen in high school, maybe, or a little younger than that, right. maybe like middle school age. Um, like 12. Yeah, 12, 13, 14, something like that. It's hard to gauge. Um, anyway, her name is uh, Piper, and she is a uh, young African-American girl living in Washington, D.C. She desperately wants to participate in a foreign exchange program where a student from Africa, South Africa, to be specific. Oh, did they know that? No, I don't think they did know that, actually. Maybe it was just Africa, but... Not originally, but then... yeah. Okay, so basically the timeline is she wants a student from Africa. Right. Then they let them know they're sending a student from South Africa. Right. And as I said in our very funny text exchange about this movie, I love one of her classmates is explaining the nine different South African or South African, as they say, tribes. And I just message you, buddy, you don't need to explain this. I've seen a movie before. I'm pretty sure that white girl we saw earlier is going to be the foreign exchange student. Which guy are you talking about now? There is a brief scene where Piper is talking to a classmate, mentioning, we're going to get a, a, a foreign exchange student from South Africa. And he is African, um, right? He's Nigerian. You're talking about yes. that kid? Okay, yes. pause right there. Hold on. Wait, I'm not done with the synopsis. The synopsis is, she right, gets right. a student from South Africa. This girl is white, so you can imagine the horror. And, um, you know, chaos ensues. Not only is she white, but she is white from South Africa. This film takes place in the 70s where South Africa was in the trenches of apartheid. Um, it was a very violent time. Black people were living in danger on a daily basis. They would for a very, very, very long time. Uh, in, and so this is a, a white girl by the name of Mari, whose father is a police officer and who we see sort of like enforcing these apartheid laws on black citizens there um she they come from a lot of money they have black servants in their house that do everything for them um her only interactions with black people are in roles of service and so she arrives in the united states to find out that she's not only going to be living with black people but like upper middle class black people who are involved in politics <laughs> and particularly uh involved in uh chastising the policy of apartheid correct so now to your point 
that scene I actually found really interesting. I was mentioning to Carter when I was rewatching this that a lot of these scenes actually were cut in the uh, televised version because, which I find so stupid. These these films are designed to be televised. They're made just for Disney Channel, and then they sort of don't really take into account um, that they like they used to fit these films in a in like a crisp sixty minutes, like. They did not play the full thing. They cut these jaws into 60 minutes, and that's it. Like, so a few of these scenes I had actually never seen before that we do get to see now because we have them streaming. So so the scene that you were talking about, um, actually, I think the, the point of that scene was not to emphasize, to teach anybody about Africa, but to emphasize how detached African-Americans are from African culture. That they're like, hey, you're African, you tell me something about Africa. And he's like, bitch, I don't fucking know, I'm Nigerian. I ain't never been to South Africa. (laughs) Right, I mean, that's like a classic... Well, I was going to say, that is a classic problem with, uh, like, American, like, white studios and artists covering black art in general, where it just paints a very broad brush with Africa. And it's like, do you understand how large a continent... Africa is. Do you understand how very different all of the, like it was, it's a similar problem with like Mulan where it's like, you know, it's said in China, but they're taking things from Korea. They're taking things from Japan. It's like, you understand how different these cultures are and they do not think themselves like the same country. Right. And you know that like, there are like how many different cultures and traditions within China? Just one country. Exactly. On (laughs) top of that. So like depending on where you are in China, you can meet people that are live vastly different lives. So that is actually a really fascinating point as well. Um, so yeah, so in traditional, you know, Carter's never seen fashion. Um, I'd like to ask you a few questions about your experience. <laughs> I mean, I was given a blow by blow. First off, like just off the bat, thumbs up, thumbs down, color of friendship. Okay. Well, let me start off by saying. This movie was a trip. Have you ever heard of a show called The Good Family? No. It was like Mike Judge's attempt to do something post-King of the Hill. Oh. And the gimmick was, instead of kind of tackling a stereotypical center-right conservative family, they would do a, he would do like a hippy-diffy center-left family. And there is a joke that they have an adopted African child named Umbatu. He is white because he is he is a South African white kid. Right. And the joke is they did not plan on getting a white African baby. <laughs> and it was so weird being like, oh my God, did Mike Judge steal from Disney? Like, <laughs> but anyway. That's really I, funny. I think it is very good that we ended up doing this episode so close in relation to Zootopia in terms of another thing that wants to tackle and discuss race relations. Because... Seeing how that movie hit, like, trips over, like, hits itself with rakes to the face, Mm -hmm. you know, in well, like, well-meaning, but every step they take, they fumble. Seeing the ways this film actually succeeds in tackling race relations is actually very impressive, especially for something in 2000, where, you know, the language we had to discuss these things was just not nearly as mainstream. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was expecting, you know, the the reason I loved it as a kid was because like, I was I was a very like, I grew up in like this very like American girl sort of like, <laughs> um, 
sensibility of and and I'm talking about like the doll. Do you remember the doll American Girl? Yes. I'll have to explain that later. Did 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 your sister have those? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. We went to the American Girl store together one time. Really? Remember? Oh wait, we yeah, you did. Don't remember that? Oh my gosh. Oh my god. And they just introduced a new doll, a little black doll from Alabama, and it's like she's trying to find the courage to sing in front of our church. And when something really bad happens at another church, and I'm just like, oh. Close the book, close the book. I remember that now. Um, But anyway, all that to say that, like, this absolutely, I was definitely the, the target demographic for this film, and it worked because, yay, I love friendship. But I can also identify with. A character like Piper and having to like be friends with white people <laughs> because right. you know what I grew up in a predominantly white space in in a predominantly white neighborhood going to a predominantly white school it never gets easy no matter how much you like love people no matter how many like white friends you have every single new one is like square one and no matter how well-meaning they are like it's it it is like an active labor (laughs) to navigate not necessarily that i'm saying it's hard to be friends with white people but like it's hard to it is it is a constant navigation it's a constant thing that you're constantly having to think about and so i think at the time i really associated with a character like like piper Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, right out of the gate, like, tell me, you know, tell me some of your thoughts and first impressions, because as you were, as you were watching this film, like, we didn't watch it together, but you watched it and you were giving me like a blow by blow, like, take me through your emotional journey again. I, again, I just expected this to, and to a certain extent, it does, it, it, it does have a sort of, and I hate using this word, but it has occasionally some neoliberal sensibilities but i did think it was going to fall in that sort of pocahontasy yeah. sort of space of like hey you know things were bad but we worked it out you know mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay and that this film absolutely takes that to in some ways sure. but i did not expect it to go as hard as it did because we do meet piper and we do meet her father you know we have that scene and then we cut to south africa Ugh, i keep saying it it's also the problem, Uncharted has a South African character, and now I just have that accent stuck in my head. Just for that one word. Specifically <laughs> that one word for some reason. That's how, like, but anyway. Um, so we cut to South Africa, and immediately we see, you know, a black man as, like, a waiter servant pouring drinks for people, and you're like, oh, we're just going for it, huh? Yep. Um, and this girl's dad comes in in, like, his police outfit and just going on and on about how, like, we finally caught that Caught Steven another Bingo. one today. Like, they yeah, don't waste one. any time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you know, the peace is maintained. Like, literally, he might as well have just turned to the camera the minute he came into the room and went, yep, I'm the Nazi. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be very different from what I was expecting. And from there, it just felt like I was in the deep end. Because I did not, like, I knew it was a story about like a foreign exchange program and a white girl befriending a black girl. But I did not know it was one set at a real specific point in his, like a very important moment in history Mm -hmm. in terms of like a spark plug moment for fighting. I didn't know it was going to talk about apartheid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that Stephen Biko was going to be a huge, like a, a, a literally support being part of the plot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. 
Oh my god, yeah, that, you know, you, you, you're talking about something that I, that is kind of unrelated to the subject of the film, but more about the nature of, of DCOMs and something that re-watching this I have a new appreciation for as an adult interested in, in studying film. But like, as a story, like, you know, I don't know how many current DCOMs you've seen, but like, they don't make them with this kind of care the way that they used to. And I'm not even, and again, I'm not talking about like the, the content itself. I'm talking about like the way that you go about telling a story. Um, they don't, they just don't make them like this anymore. Like, you know. I feel like we say that a lot, but this one, it really, really applies. Right? Like there was this one scene that like, that imp- like the scene that you're talking about that impressed me so much because the transition into that scene is like, oh my God, they actually like thought out. <laughs> they, they they actually wrote the script with the intention of like writing a good story because it's like, it starts with Piper finally convincing her parents to agree because they were reluctant to it at first. So her dad finally says, yes, we can do the foreign exchange thing. And then she's like, great, I can't wait to meet her. And her mom goes, how do you know it's it's not a him or whatever she says how do you know it's not a boy or whatever so then we we see this like dream sequence like we we get this like beautiful fade and then we see this like very handsome young man who's like black and and he's like smiling or whatever and then it it, like pulls out and like that's the waiter at the restaurant (laughs) and that transition really got me i was like oh my god this is cinema right here (laughs) That's like actual cinematic language. Right. That these things, unfortunately, aren't granted anymore because, like, and I hate to be mean toward modern decoms, but, like, post-high school musical, and we might have to do another episode where we just go through the whole decom thing I think we might have to, But so many decoms now have this very music video energy to them. Oh, yeah. And even just the fact that there are, like, scenes that were cut from this, like... Like, modern decoms are so, like, we're taking one take of everything, no breaks, <laughs> yeah. no stops. We're getting through it. We have seven lighting yeah. setups to do to this afternoon. Right. Like, we don't have time to have scenes that aren't going to make it into the, the television cut of this. Exactly. But, yeah, there's, like, I yeah, again, I like, we fade open on this, like, fade in of all of these establishing shots of, like, Washington, D.C., and one I'm, like, oh, man, early early 2000s digital cameras look at that like right. pixely grain Ooh. right let's eat your heart out 2000s aesthetic and then like like the funk music and like even just something like the grit and grime this movie has in terms of like there's just a scene where they're driving through washington dc and it's like oh right this is 70s this is the DC, so it's a little grunty yeah <laughs> like you know are you're familiar with the washington basketball team right no um, not to be okay, confused so with the washington the football team Sorry, I had Um, to make a joke. Go ahead. I know. But, like, Washington at one point was such a mess that, like, they changed the team name from the Bullets to the Wizards because they felt like calling the the (laughs) Bullets was in poor taste. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Yeah, I was going to comment that, like, oh, my gosh, you know, this has, like, in terms, this has, like, a, a Mad Men quality of design. So many period pieces just, like, ooze soundstage. <laughs> and right, right. like It's like you got the five cars you could get, and, like, yeah. the outfits are nice, but otherwise. Right, but yeah, otherwise it's like, no, if you didn't know any better, like, you'd think this was actually kind of from the 70s. Like, 
they spared no expense and really padded out this world. Like when they're when we were in like Piper's bedroom, the like poster she's got a Diana Ross in the wall. Like every little ounce of this, the hairstyles, the like the suits, these all these cars. They filled a neighborhood with cars, like appropriate. And I was so impressed watching this because you just don't see like period pieces. People love to fucking make them, and they are never made well <laughs> or believable. Yeah, it's like it's hard enough for. It's hard enough for Scorsese and Spielberg to get this, like, blank a check to design a world like this. Yeah. And you're telling me a Disney Channel original movie right. called The Color of Friendship got <laughs> right. to um, Okay, so, you know, when we were talking while you were watching this film, we, we have to cover, like, Piper's <laughs> reaction to, like, let's talk about the inciting incident of, of a them waiting for Mari at the airport and being like, both of them mutually being like, who are you? (laughs) And the comedy that ensues, um, (laughs) because you couldn't have had like a a certain reaction to, to that. (laughs) Like, what are your thoughts Um, on that? I believe the gif I used was SpongeBob lifting up into the air, being effectively having ascended (laughs) to the heavens. Right. I just, it really was, like, I mean, it's almost hard to quantify how, like, shocking, again, it's like, I did not think that this movie was going to go here, and I really didn't think they were going to have so much of the comedy be this comedy of manners centered around the them navigating, like, oh, I was expecting you to be black, and oh, I was expecting you to be white, like the entire, and we're both very disappointed. <laughs> yes, we're both violently, horrifically disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> and because we transition from like we transition from the South African, damn it, the South African uh, girl, like being like, oh, you can carry the bag, basically treating them like servants. Oh yeah, she rolls up, thinks that they are the help, gives them the keys, gives them like her bagging ticket. She's like, I'll show you where they are. Um, she laughs in the face of a congressman and a room full right. of black delegates. Laughs. She's yes. like, there's no freaking way like, you people are in charge of anything. And then they take her home and she's like, where are we? There's no way you live in this neighborhood. Like. <laughs> oh, yes. And I almost forgot. And like, yeah, that goes on. And I found the, uh, the, the text that I wrote. Because then we go into a scene where Piper's at least trying to make peace. And it's like, we have a chocolate milkshake. Are you okay with that? Or do you like vanilla? And I posted it. a picture of Tom, the cat, dying <laughs> and walking up a golden escalator, having ascended. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I, you know, I just, I couldn't. I, I, I just was not prepared for this today. I wasn't ready to go. And as you put it, it's like, well, that's what being black is like. Yeah, you know, here's here's the context that I, I have to offer about, specifically about Piper's reaction. Because when you say violently, like, <laughs> disappointed, for those of you that, who have never seen The Color Purple, I mean, The Color Purple. Well, that too. Go see The Color Purple. If you've never seen The Color of Friendship, (laughs) this is, we are absolutely not covering The Color Purple today. If you've never seen The Color of Friendship, and we really hope that you do after listening to this episode, like, you will witness a tantrum (laughs) that Piper has 
for her being like, I don't want this girl. <laughs> like, it's, it's a little uncomfortable. Even I'll say, it's a little much. Especially because they have this conversation, like, right in front of her, which I thought was hilarious. That, like, they're walking through, like, the office, and she's just, like, a foot behind them. And they're, and, and Piper and her mom are like, what are we gonna do about her? <laughs> like, who is this girl? We don't want her. Where, where can we send her? <laughs> like, it, it, like, it's simultaneously a very movie thing, but it's also believable. Because it's like, this right. is the... Like, this is a very kid energy where both of these kids just would not have no. any frame of reference. And I honestly think that's one of the reasons why sort of his commentary on race works better, because it is two kids. Yeah. So, like, so when, like, Piper's dad finally tries to make peace and it's like, I don't think you're evil. I just think, you know, you've grown up in a place that's taught you evil. I'm like, see, this is belief. This isn't like, right. you know, the gazelle being like. This isn't the Zootopia I know. And I'm like, the fuck are you? Are yeah. you not sent? Do you not have object permanence? Right. I'm glad that this, that, that the adults in this film actually do acknowledge that, like, these are just children. Uh, at the end of the day, like, they do kind of grant, like, that's kind of the reason why they <laughs> end up accepting Mari. Because, I, like, they do sort of realize that, like, all right. Yeah, she may be evil, or she she's raised by evil people, but, like, she is a 14-year-old little girl, and we're not going to, like, punish her while she's here. But, you know, I wanted to offer more context for Piper's reaction, for anyone that, that mm. watches her have a tantrum over, like, receiving a white girl in the, in the mail, essentially, when she wanted an African girl. <laughs> it's like, you know, we have to remember that, like, the way that Mari shows up and starts treating them, like, yes, we do see Mari, like, relating to black people as if they are all servants. That's the only way she's ever... That's, all the black people, people she knows in her life are all servants. Um, so for her to assume that and treat them as such right off the bat, you have to keep in mind that Piper's entire life is probably like that. It's not just Mari who treats her this way. That in this year... And honestly, to this day, her, well. she her experience is filled with interactions like this. And like the 70s were not that far away from the civil rights movement. I like I had to go back and like do more research about this because, you know, this was at the time like in 1974 is when the city of Boston was just starting to suggest that maybe their schools should be desegregated. And there was a lot of backlash by white parents who did not want their children getting on buses with black children and going to school with black children. This is 1974. They didn't actually fully integrate their schools until 1988. That is Boston, Massachusetts, like, and so many other cities and places in the United States. Like, you know, my... um. My my mom tells this story, um, and I hope she doesn't mind telling me telling this story. She probably doesn't, but does she listen to the podcast? Huh? Oh, she does. Hey, mom. Um, so <laughs> she always tells a story about how she she grew up in like a middle class, you know, family and in, in this mm. home, um, and she she tells a story about how she like there was a girl that lived in the neighborhood and she went to her house to play one time and like her parents, this little girl's parents, like kind of <laughs> like 
started interrogating my mom and asking her questions like, where do you live? And like, who are your parents? What is your, what what does your father do for work? And like, when, mm-hmm. what does your mom do? They could not wrap their brains around the idea that they lived in the same neighborhood as a black family. This was wild to them. And this was probably like the 80s, the, the late 70s, like 80s that this story mm-hmm. happened. Like, so all of that, like, that is the life that even the daughter of like a congressman, a prominent congressman is experiencing every day. So you can, so just imagine the disappointment where you're like, I'm going to get to connect with somebody from Africa and maybe I won't feel the like the alien that I do in my everyday life. Um, having to navigate the racism that I face on a daily basis. And she's white and probably more racist (laughs) than the white people that she knows every day. Like, that is where this, like, outburst comes from. That, like, this girl's life is steeped in racism from white people. And so, yeah, I think I would actually be pissed off, too. Right, because, especially because it's like, you're going to get someone who, at least in theory, doesn't have to deal with the same stuff you do. You're getting someone from Africa, although I guess when they find out it's South African, it's yeah. like, well, well, then they have to deal with apartheid. But, right. Yeah, and it's like, even thinking about this movie, like, even thinking back to college, I just think about, like, how profess- even professors would have this weird, like, almost like negotiation when talking to black students about their art. And I just cringe. I'm just like, my God, we Mm -hmm. like, it's how do they deal with this every fucking day? Yeah. It's so, you know, I I think what I wish that more white people understood about racism and like the black experience is that it's so, it is death by paper cut. Like it's, you see in the news these really large displays of racism that are extremely violent or extreme or whatever. There are these big theatrical displays of racism, but it is actually on a day-to-day, like mundane basis, very tiny and in huge waves. And it's like all day, every day. It is a constant navigation. And, you know, for for a film that was made 20 years ago, about the 70s, even longer ago, it's like, watching this i can't believe how much i relate like in real time i can relate to the experiences that we like are are seeing here it's i was just talking to somebody about how you can tell when a white person like has never met a black person or Mm -hmm. is never around them like (laughs) you can you can tell when 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 white people are confused about your presence in the same place that, that they are. And that is, like, an experience right. that I get, like, more often than I would like to say, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, even talking about, like, what you were saying, like, navigating white spaces, it's, like, and the paper cut thing, it's just, like, as someone who, like, you know, loves New York City and has spent all of his time, research, so much time researching New York City and just the surrounding area, it really is disconcerting how much how many of like our larger social problems start from this little domino of white people just not being able to fucking cope with the idea that black people can afford to live around them. Yep. Like that's just such an affront to them that it just, it's basically led to every modern evil we have to deal with. (laughs) Or at least most of them. And I will say Mm -hmm. like, just, 
I will say, I, if I was going to levy one weakness at the movie, it is a little too... For how real it gets in the moment to moment, its broader ideas get a little too like, well, we worked it out at Yeah, times. things are fine. <laughs> right? They're like, well, America has some problems to deal with, but like, I, th- I believe it's the senator, or is he a senator or a representative? He's a senator, right? He's a congressman? Oh, they don't specify? I mean, he was a real person. I, can I thought he just was a representative. Right oh, I, I, that sounds more familiar, that he was a rep. But yeah, he was the House of Representatives. Okay. Um, but anyway, he says something along the lines of, like, you know, America learned, you know, what happens when you try to keep people separate. Now it's South Africa's turn. And I'm just sitting here, like, dude, mm. like, literally a month mm. ago, a bunch of white supremacists shot up a power grid to keep a drag performer from reading to kids. Like, what are you on, man? I'm like, this actor's owed an apology for having to say that. <laughs> and I do, like, I don't know. It, 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 Again, it covers that sort of neoliberal, like, hey, everything's... You know, like, things were rough, but they always are going to get better. The course of history always gets better. And in some ways, there's always this cartoon. I don't remember if Disney made it or not, but it was, like, an anti-Soviet cartoon. That's just, like, hey, don't take your freedoms for granted. You're yelling all this stuff about U.S. politicians? Well, in Soviet Russia, they just make you disappear. And in my head, even at the time, I was just like, no, no, but here they'll just dox you and, like, rile up a bunch of terrorists to come to your house and try and kill you. But... Yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it, and it's frustrating because, like, the main plot, I actually think, is way better on that front. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I Like, I'll let you have the floor. No, you're that. absolutely right that it it certainly glosses over the way that things are. We have a couple scenes that absolutely give the wrong impression. You know, I what I found surprising, actually, was the scene that you mentioned about them, like, driving through the ghetto. And, mm-hmm. like... I was hoping that they would emphasize the fact that Piper and her family are a rarity or would have Mm. been a rarity at that time in terms of black people with money in the seventies. No, (laughs) that would not have been the case. Um, well for the record, everybody was the seventies were like the dark ages, but every, um, for them to like live in this gorgeous, large home, and have any sort of power or respect in their lives like it that that would not have have been common at all it had something that while they when they had that scene where they like point out a bunch of black people living in poverty i was hoping that they would make some indication to that idea Mm. of that like this is what our racism looks like here it is um yeah (laughs) like economic inequality um they don't have to have it explicitly in text. It's just, you know, right. created silently. Well, not so silently. Right. And then there's that scene at the ice cream shop where, like, you know, Mari has this flashback when, you know, uh, she's expecting this white customer to lash out at a, at a black server. This is in America. Who spills yeah. something on him because she saw it that way. You know, a black server being abused. Chekhov's black server, if you will. Right, exactly, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. But, um, and then he, do- and then the customer's like, "That's okay, it happens," <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, America is great." <laughs> she's like, "Wow," it's like, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Independent. 
Yeah, I'm like, what fantasy world? Like, independent of race, <laughs> this guy would explode. He just got an ice cream spilt on him. Dumped on his sweater. <laughs> like, like yeah, this was an like, ice cream sundae that out. got onto him. <laughs> yeah, it just, I'm like, this is the most suspension of disbelief I have to do for any of these <laughs> Disney Channel films. And I'm including the one called Zombies that has zombies. Yes. Right, exactly. And Zombies 3, which has aliens. Why were there more than one Zombies film? We don't know. Um, we'll never know. Well, because High School Musical made a lot of money. True, yeah. High School Musical probably started the trifecta of where, like, you know what? We're going to treat these DCOMs like Marvel films and order three of them and commit all of these actors to Everything's them. Everything's color-coded. And no nice. matter what. Yeah. But, I mean, I will say the ice cream scene, I do like... and. That scene is insane, but I like that for the most part this film focuses on, well, we're not going to change the system. Again, it's a Zootopia thing of like, we're not going to defeat racism, mm-hmm. but we can change one person's mind. And that maybe is a little bit of a victory. Right. And you know what scene actually, I, for a weird reason, I kind of like, um, Mari teaches Piper, like, <laughs> which is such a crazy scene. When she's like, no, this is the word, this is the African word for a slur for black people, not this word. And she's, like, teaching her racial slurs. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, again, it's the thing you say of, like, death by a thousand cuts. Like, a white person wouldn't think one second of that. And Piper in her head has to be like, why the fuck is she throwing the N-word around? Just, like... (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh, no, that's not what we call them. This is what we call them. And then, so, but her dad, like there's a mix-up and her dad kind of has an like an explosion and he's ready to kick her out because he accidentally thinks that Mari called her the slur she didn't but you know there's a later scene the k-word not the b-word exactly there's a later scene where um Mari and the father are talking like and Mari's like yeah I she's like by the way I wasn't calling her that and I'm sorry like I wasn't calling her that. And I was like, oh, finally a movie that acknowledges that people are, like, within earshot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Movies never like, do that. <laughs> that a house doesn't... Houses aren't made with, like, lead and right. soundproof foam. Because <laughs> they always pretend that, like, someone is just oblivious. Like, no, she was in the other room while you were screaming and, like, ready to kick her out. Right? And this was, like, pre... <laughs> this is pre-iPhone, so it's not like you're going to have your headphones in. Yeah. Like, what no. are you listening to a mixtape? And then for, for them to, like, apologize, like, and make make amends, the two of them later, by her being like, yeah, I heard you <laughs> screaming. <laughs> like, I was like, you know what? Great. I'm glad we, like, didn't take the scenic route to get to arrive here. And we were just directly like, oh, yeah, you yelled an hour ago. And sorry about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, again, it also works just because it's like, yeah, this kid, this arc is this kid realizing unfortunately she's never going to be able to invite piper to her country that's just not a thing that's Mm. going to at least maybe probably in their lifetimes right no matter how much she wants to right and i'm like okay this is good this is right like again we're not trying to be like oh you know we're going to defeat partide and then racism will be eliminated from ocean to ocean it's like No, no, this is just one explosive moment in the history of apartheid right. realized through these kids. Mm. Also, apparently this happened twice. Apparently the Dellums got two different white foreign exchange students oh, what the at two hell? different times. Yeah, why do this? T- I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. This movie's insane. 
but I kind of like it. Right? At the end of this, like, you know, and that's kind of, like, where I'm getting out of, like, you know what? I love this movie, actually. Right. I think it's great. It's crazy, but it's a fun kind of crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Um, but it's it's kind of really good. Um, I can't recommend it enough, honestly, for if you'd like to indulge in some Black History Month content. Like, this is actually a pretty enjoyable movie. Right. Yeah, like... Again, it, it harkens back to a level of artistry that these things simply aren't allowed to have anymore, where it's like, oh, you know, it's, again, it's, it focuses on the word movie. It's paced like a movie. It has arcs right. like a movie. It has callbacks and Chekhov's black servants or right. Chekhov's uh, murdered political prisoners. Exactly. Um, Chekhov's nanny. Has, yeah, Chekhov's nanny. Um <laughs> And Chekhov's colorful bird that she just releases and it freeze frames at the end like a Rocky movie. Which right? Like Forrest Gump or something. Like, yeah. I'm like, if I've already left my body, this is me phasing between realities. That's how yes. hard this is sending me. <laughs> so, okay. So this is Carter's Never Seen. So as we wrap up here, like, any, you know, what are your the final thoughts and feelings on The Color of Friendship? I absolutely see why you wanted to talk about this movie. I see it's something that Disney just, even in this era of Disney, that's trying to be more culturally sensitive and they talk about having like different trusts to like make sure racial and cultural sensitivities are adhered. They just wouldn't make something this like kind of candid and raw. And even for its sort of wishy-washy stances, it also has a lot of teeth. Mm -hmm. And even hearing you just talk about like, how these experiences you've lived through these experiences mm -hmm. it's like yeah they did their homework and i guess i just appreciate a movie that says okay we're not going to defeat evil in this world but we can make one person better and right. like you know there will be a friendship that is colored from this <laughs> right there we go beautiful i'm just trying to make that name work beyond the pun beautifully done yeah <laughs> I'm glad you like it as much as I do, honestly. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, definitely consider watching The Color of Friendship. It's a good one. Yes. And until we all are like birds making <laughs> oh a net. God. I forgot the quote. We're, oh, I, dang mind. it, I should have written down the quote. We're all, <laughs> we're all birds in a nest. We don't fight. Uh, it's like a, it takes a village. Yeah. Uh, I'm Carter. <laughs> and I'm Sydney. Have a magical day. Thanks for listening. The Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Desk for the latest updates about the show. Want more of the most magical podcast on earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon. For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash Disney Desk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you. <laughs>